Hey kids, welcome to the Capital Life Podcast. I am your host, Abby Pagood. This is where we talk about all the things that life brings. The good, the bad, and of course, the healthy. Today's episode is called, I Won't Back Down. And we are having a very, very unique edition of Keeping It Real with Real People with Miss Karen Sparks. Welcome to the Capital Life, Karen. Thank you so much for having me. Before we dive in, all of you should go check out all the focus programs we have to offer at CapitalHealth.com. That's K-A-P-I-T-O-L Health.com. If you're wondering what a focus program is, it's really simple. It's a program that is focused to your exact needs. So if you are someone that is suffering from low back pain, shoulder issues, needing stretching to reduce those aches and pains, and not sure what to do, a focused program is for you. We even have ones targeting those flabtastic areas that drive us women crazy, or programs to get you those legs for days. There are currently 20 different programs to choose from, and if you use code the capital life at checkout, you will get $15 off every program. I mean every program, not one, not two, all programs. So hop on over to CapitalHealth.com and check out our wicked awesome focus programs. This episode of The Capital Life is brought to you by Alpha Sports Performance Medicine. At Alpha Sports, they combine expert providers with innovative treatment options to give you the highest quality of musculoskeletal care. Through chiropractic adjustments, dry needling, sports massage, and a recovery lounge of sorts. When your inner athlete is striving to the next level, provide it with Alpha Self Care. Visit alphasports.org to learn more. Please like and share and rate us on whichever platform you are listening to us on. It's how we start to really spread the message of good in the world that needs it so much right now. I'm so glad that we finally got to be able to do this. We've been waiting for the correct energetic space to share your story. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that I'm a big believer that Sometimes you have to wait until you're in perfect synergistic sequences to be able to Mm -hmm. say the things that need to be said Mm -hmm. and share the things that need to be said. And I have to tell you, if there is someone that is not backing down at what life throws in them, it is you. And I am just very honored to have you here with me today. Um, and just being able to share your survival experience because mm-hmm. shit, girl, like I, I, you can cry all you want. We got the Kleenex. I have, I have tried. I did not make a promise to myself that I would not cry. I'm, I'm a little uh, fearful that I just might start turning into blubber gaskets everywhere. Um, only because I only know. I know partial, I know the guts of the story, but I don't know the exact timeline and I don't know the events and everything that was put into it. And I also didn't want to hear it until it was recorded because I wanted to hear it with my audience together. Mm -hmm. And I didn't want to have like an edge of knowing more, you know, any of that stuff. But um, Mm -hmm. just for people that are listening, we want to make sure that we highlight how amazingly awesome that you've you've been turning your life um, into you have not only become an author, you've also you're in the middle of, in the middle of, of it. That. You're becoming yeah. one, yes. transitioning, yes. Um, and you're also a speaker and mm-hmm. really an ultra runner. Yes, 
to boot, um, which you have an awesome running article that, what magazine was that? that uh, I Runner's World. Yeah, Runner's yeah. World had Runner's highlighted World. you, which it was a fantastic article, by the way. Thank you. Um, and you also have, are found, you've started a foundation mm -hmm. called the Great Root Movement yeah. um, with your mission to create more change in the world. So Yeah, just a safe like, uh, place for women to just be seen, heard, and loved through their journey of like mental health um, and uh, child loss, grief, domestic abuse. Those are kind of what I highlight on and um, uh, through like to find recovery and, and, and healing. Get the connections so, mm -hmm. needed to get your life together, which is, yeah. it, it is not an easy task. It's not easy no. for the person that's in need of it. Mm -mm. It's not easy for the person that's trying to give it and help guide. No, you know, I, I mean, I was, I was a product of domestic abuse. Mm -hmm. Um, so I'm aware <laughs> I went, I went through the survival, you know, when your parent is coming at you right. and, um, you, I was raised walking on eggshells and tiptoeing around, not knowing what was next or what to be done. Mm -hmm. And so it was like, you didn't actually really know when you were allowed to be happy. Mm -hmm. or when or how you were allowed to behave and so there's so many control tactics in it but in that you have so many people that are coming to you i mean i i didn't fully understand as a child what i was born into mm -hmm. because i didn't know that wasn't normal and until i would be looking around at what other children were going through and experiencing right. and i was like wait a second i'm so confused and even in my times of being becoming a parent myself mm -hmm. I have to reflect to say, oh, wait, that was really fucked up what I went through. Right. And that's not okay and we're not doing that with these kids. Mm -hmm. And so there, it creates that boundaries that's very interesting. But the fact that you're bringing that to awareness mm -hmm. and speaking, really stepping up and speaking out and trying to be a voice, especially to just put a stop and just be there for collective support is, I mean, it's a huge undertaking. Yeah. It is, um, because we're not, I mean, there is no playbook, no. um, for this, um, there, you know, there's not a self-help book out there. I'm sorry. I just, I'm not dogging those, but I'm just saying like, um, we each do this journey differently and we, I mean, even the women in filicide, uh, like me, we're all different. Our stories yeah. are different. We have a common ground, um, and it sucks, uh, and we can relate but we're still doing things differently and what works for me may not work for you right. but what I'm doing here with the great root movement and what we're doing here um, is just I want to share um, what's helped me and if it works for you great if not there's other places that's why I have resources on my website right. or for other um, places you can go or connect well, with. And it's really about bringing it at the message out there. You know, mm -hmm. I had a client of mine who it was probably the first child that I had met in my life that reminded me like the similarities mm -hmm. of the upbringing and some of the, the things that I was hearing of what she had endured. Yeah. Um, and, and she's in a good, healthy, a healthy part of her life and path right now. But it was very interesting because it was like, it's almost like you get a glimpse of a mirror image of yourself in a, as you were as a small child and then seeing that. And so she, I would become the safe place for her to ask questions. 
because she knew just a tidbit of my past. Right. So like I, you know, when she would share something, I'd say, hey, yeah. And that, you know, I could Mm -hmm. bring attention to how, you know, different it can make you feel in comparison to your peers. But also it provided a safe space for her to be able to share. And then she would start coming up to me and saying, hey, Miss Abby, uh, what did you do when da-da-da-da would happen? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and I said, well, you know, and I could explain to her, like, you have to do what's right for what you need and right. create your boundaries, yeah. you know, your safe boundaries when you feel like they're the appropriate time because there's times it's not the right timing right? because it could just aggravate the whole freaking can of worms and so you know so it was really nice for her to be able to say I can actually have a voice and talk about some of this stuff out loud with someone else that's not like a therapist or you know a parent or you know like just having being able to speak about it right because there's not a lot of places you can't just go out somewhere and be like hey by the way (laughs) like this used to happen to me all the time Like, sometimes I wish, like, walking around stores or something, I have on the shirt that said, my kids were killed, leave me the F alone. Right. Like, I don't, because I'm in that space of anger. Right. I mean, all the different, uh, you know, stages of grief that come with it, and they're all over the place. Right. There is no A, B, C, you know, it doesn't, like I said, one, two, three. It doesn't matter how long ago it was. It's like all of a sudden one day. You know, you are mm-hmm. speaking and then you're melting and crying for mm-hmm. no apparent reason. You're like, holy shit, sorry, I have no idea where the hell I came from. Like, right. you have to kind of piece it together. And so I think mm-hmm. some I think some of our viewers are starting to understand what phallicide actually means. Um, I heard oh. you mm-hmm. stand up, I mean, and how many heads turned when you said that? And immediately, every, every, what does phallicide mean? <laughs> Mm. Yeah. Well, and that's even like got to add salt to the wound too, is that people aren't even aware of the terminology Uh and that's even worse. I wasn't either until, yeah, until you're in those shoes. Yeah. You don't know. Yeah. I never, I mean, the narcissist, sociopath, like I always knew what psycho meant, but I didn't know what a narcissist sociopath was in my life until I was married to one. And then as time goes on and then it was psychotic how it ended. But anyways, I won't. No, I love, I know. And Mm -hmm. I, and actually I love that you did jump ahead because that's exactly where we're going. Mm -hmm. And so, Mm -hmm. so let's talk about the SOB and how Mm -hmm. you guys met and, Mm -hmm. um, how it turned into being the two of you to where you ended up having your two beautiful children. Mm -hmm. So when did you guys, when did you meet your husband? Oh, goodness. Okay, so it's been, I don't even know how many years it would be right now, like 19. Uh, but okay. anyways, 19 years, um, 18 or 19. Uh, 2004. So do the math. I don't okay, know. 2004. I'm not good at math. 2004. So, yeah, it's like 18, 20 years. Yeah. So I, I met him in 2003 um, and like uh, met him at work. And seven months later, um, yeah, he okay. was, we like, I don't know. Not that, um, I think we were engaged and then married I don't know that it's so foggy and, and it's, it, it's hard it to happen remember. very fast yeah, yeah, right yeah, yeah. it was almost like yeah, um, it, like almost natural and mm-hmm. just too instantaneous and just like a magnet pull yeah of and, like this is your path and I can't wait to I mean obviously today I don't have time to talk about every single detail of, of who um, he was and not that I knew that then obviously I was what 26 years old I was married at 27 and I had both of my children before I was 30 because um, <clears throat> I 
Because they, you but said I'm you're 18, uh, they're 18 months apart? Uh, 16. 16 months yeah. apart. Yeah. Okay. So, um, uh, we met at work, like I said, and it, it, if I, <laughs> it's like disgusting to talk about now because I was so, I was just, um, at 27, I was ready to get married and find that man and, and have a family. Um, that's what we're I trying always, to create the dream that every right, girl right, does where, yeah. you know, it's like, okay, I want to create this happy family life mm-hmm. and, and I thought that. it was going to happen at 21, but you know, all that, you know, it just, was there any what, pre-indications like, of some yeah. of his, like looking back at, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. obviously all of us can go back into what dating world is like and with all of the, the mm-hmm. warm fuzzies and whatever, yeah. and you get in and then you sometimes overlook traits or behaviors that could be warnings. Do you see where there were warnings prior or was it just or were they so well hidden because narcissists they are were well very crafty i didn't what i know now is not what i knew then and it's only because of i guess what's happened to me and i was forced to go get help in therapy okay. uh, for 90 days in a residential uh, facility for trauma that it opened my eyes to so much back from four years old on of my life, not just the tragedy itself. Right. But I had to go back to move forward. And right. I didn't know that. But I learned so much in those 90 days. And I can get into that later. But what I know now, I mean, yeah, obviously, I if I really sit and think about it, there were signs. I mean, I even had my mom and sister kind <clears> of <throat> telling me that. But I didn't want to hear it. I didn't want to see it. Um, like so many women <clears throat> do in relationships. Yeah. I know my my mom didn't there were red pay flags. attention. She didn't. Mm-hmm. My my father had plenty of red flags when you pay attention. But mm-hmm. then there's so many people that he cons in his craft, right? Oh yeah. It's like this. You're in a web. There, yeah. Web. There's like this. There's like I hate mm-hmm. using the term. It's like a brainwashing magical yes. brainstorm of, and he got of me. yeah. And it's mm-hmm. like and it's so strange because it's like you can't necessarily see the yuck that is until you are out of the circle because it's too late right Mm -hmm. and it's like and on top of it it's like it's almost like it's a target Mm -hmm. um it's like a target of like freaking caring compassionate people yep like right like we're freaking targets yes big time that's why he got me yeah it's starting at the the job and like uh, just a little brief thing of being about in that job like I I was on vacation I came back and he was in my cubicle training I had pictures all up on the like in my cubicle Mm -hmm. of my family and friends and the guy I was dating at the time and you know he immediately um like I remember what I had on and I remember him complimenting me immediately and um then saying man you got a lot of I've been looking at your pic. I mean, it's just, it's, it's psychotic like now, but then I was like, Oh, he noticed me and you know, and he sees, and I mean, he knew what to say and how to get me. And he did. Mm -hmm. And that is, that makes me sick to my stomach now for who I am now and who I was then. I think back, I look at my wedding pictures. I look at the girl that in those 11 years of being with him, like, who is that? Right. And, what he did to me 
And I'm not saying that I ever didn't do anything wrong or had faults. I'm not saying I'm well, not there's perfect. A different, there's a different level. No, like marriage yeah. is marriage. It's like no, the I best love hate relationship of your life. But there's a difference when you're with someone that's mentally ill. And he was fully. Yeah, and this isn't. So I want to say this isn't someone that you see on Dateline or 2020. My story should be, but it's not like someone snapped, like the show snapped. Right. That's not who he was. This is something that. He has had a long time. Like it been brewing. Oh, yeah. But even before me is what I'm saying. Now that I think about it, the stories I heard, the things I've learned, uh, yeah, I should have turned and ran away. Right. But I didn't. Right. And um, so I, I say that I married a fraud um, and a con man, manipulator, narcissistic sociopath that went psycho um, in the end. And... Um, very evil, a monster. I just call him the monster. And um, I mean, there's many more words to describe him, but that's well, let's <coughs> the best talk, I'll let's, do for let's now. Let's get into some of the light and love in okay. that. And that yeah. would be Reagan and Graham. Yes. And they yeah. were born... When? 2006 and 2007. Okay. Um, January as Reagan, 2006. Grant's June, 2007. Um, the best things that ever happened to me. Um, and I will say I have a stepdaughter, his daughter. So I, um, married in to being a stepmom. Mm -hmm. She was five at the time, I think. Yeah. Okay. Five. So by the time, I guess, yeah, five or six. Cause when Ray was born, she was seven. So anyways, um, so I had three kids. Um, and, uh, but I birthed two. My blood is Reagan and Grant, and they are, um, I don't like to use past tense because their spirits are still alive, mm -hmm. and that's Energy why doesn't I'm die. still, no, no, and I'm very open to that, um, and so um, they were, or are, um, like Reagan is basically my mini-me, um, but even better, um, just a spitfire and full of life, firecracker all over the place, but um, like just determined and I mean they were athletes uh, you know Grant was my um, sensitive emotional dude I mean always wanting to snuggle uh, Reagan was just like you know doing flip-flops and and mom what are we gonna do we're you know all she's that. a doer bee oh like, yeah always yeah. wanted to do and live and enjoy mm -hmm. and very sassy and mm -hmm. um, yeah I know who she got that from so um, <laughs> but uh, Grant um, very funny. They're both were very funny in their own way, but he was just the comedian and but yet the very sensitive uh, um, guy and and um, studied hard, worked hard, and like took things very serious. Reagan didn't take things very serious. Um, and but as far as like them being athletes, they Reagan was a gymnast, cheerleader, and did track. Um, Grant did track football, basketball, and baseball. And I got him in gymnastics, too, for his strength. Yeah. Um, and he loved that because uh, he got sick of watching his sister all the time. I'm like, well, then get in there. Yeah. So, um, anyways, and Reagan wanted to play. She wanted to create a, a girls' flag football team. Because How cute. she was always at Grant's, and she was yeah. like, I want to play. Well, after it didn't happen while she was here. Um, but I did do that for her in honor of her. Um, with her friends back in like 2016 or 17 
um, we got a girls team together and we played the boys and we beat them or tied them. I don't remember, but we That's were awesome. good. Yeah. Anyways, we killed she, it. Yeah. She loved, <laughs> she was totally there the whole yeah, time. Yeah. I mean, cause she was like your girly girl, but also tomboy yeah. in the same way. And like Grant would wear hot pink and play dolls and, and then they would play baseball and right. they rest. just love to live they were life best friends. and play. Oh gosh. Yeah. They fought like nobody's business, but and very competitive and then loved bigger than Texas. Yeah. Um, that's the whole thing of love never ends. I mean, I know that scripture, but that's also who they are. Yeah. They loved um, life. They live life to the fullest and they love their friends. And um, they didn't, they didn't see wrong. They just saw love and hearts and you know what I mean? Like people's hearts and, who, um, who they were. They didn't have judges. No, or they didn't they judge. Didn't, they no. didn't have opinions about stuff. They just and, acceptance. Full acceptance and existence of people, which is exactly what all of us should strive to and do. Yeah, and I don't know if I knew all that then. It's what I've seen later from people and friends yeah. that bring it to my attention. And then I look back and I'm like, they literally, and I know I'm biased, but like we're angels on earth. And I, because of the things that they were doing and the people that, like Grant on the playground walking with a girl that had a heart problem instead of playing football. Right. Like, ah, like he was walking the fence with her because she couldn't run. Right. Like, what? Like, I don't know. Like, what dude does that? Just in second grade or first grade, whatever. But, and then Reagan, um, including, like, just people that aren't, that aren't in the clique or whatever. I'm not, you know what yeah, I'm saying yeah. on the playground or not in, in the popular life. crowd no. and just treating everyone. And that, but that's the thing is that's what the true gift of their existence was, was and to just, show a glimpse of light of where life can be. Yeah. If we can start learning to yeah. live like them, man, man, I've learned so much. And I know like, I'm, uh, I mean, through this journey and all the emotions that come with it, the highs and the lows and the in-betweens, if, excuse me, but, and I am hard. I, I get hard and I get uh, angry at people. And I mean, I just get angry at life. But if we slow down and take time, instead of judging by what people look like or whatever, if you sit and just get to know someone and listen, I mean, that's what my kids did. Yeah. And like, hey, sit next to me. What's going on? I mean, it doesn't matter. Like, you know, so if we would just take the time, you know, that's that's love. Yeah. And and, and um, everyone has a story. We're all going through something. I'm not the only one here. There's worse than me. Right. But sometimes in my own bubble and in my own space, I think I'm the only one in it because you feel alienated and isolated and like you just want to scream like who else is out there right who can feel what i'm feeling and there are people but you you know i i learned this the hard way too that i thought i had to do this alone i mean i am uh, a coach's daughter i was raised um, a high school football coach of texas which football here is huge um, so i was raised in the field house with my dad and then you know my mom's a high uh, she was an elementary school teacher. So I had educators as parents, um, but also just being a, a coach's kid, um, you don't give up. Right. And you finish what you start. 
And um, I don't know where I'm going with all that. I just went, I don't know. That's um, okay. But, um, we do that here. <laughs> yeah. So um, just well, I was I think saying everyone has a story. And like, um, I guess just the not quitting, not giving up. I mean, oh, it's, I used to think growing up that um, like asking for help was weak. Yeah. Like, no, I got this because I was so independent. I could do everything myself. Right. You know, that right. was the attitude I had. Well, and that's a lot of misconceptions that most kids have yeah. today. It's anyway, like we're help. supposed to have, you know, like my oldest, he will sit there trying to figure out how, like, oh, he thinks he's supposed to have all the answers. Mm-hmm. Well, dude, you're 25. You're not going to have all the answers at 25. Like, no. I, I look back at who I was at 25 and it's like, oh my God, I'm such a baby. Yeah. Like, you know, it's 20 years ago. Yes. Like, I, like, yeah. It's just that you look back yeah. and it's, and it's, the thing is, is it's like when we can start to learn to live more like Reagan and Grant did, mm. what that does is it teaches other people the lesson. It shows pe- other people compassion. It gives people the opportunity to get to know the person sitting next to you. Yes. Like, why would you not have a conversation? When you're sharing space with people, use the time you have to make that shared space yep. the best that it can be or the best experience that it can be Absolutely. because we don't know how much time we have left no even. we don't and that's and it's never it's not written in stone Mm-mm. or at least we don't know when at that time Mm-mm. god is calling us so how reagan reagan and grant were born in you said 2007 2006 six, six two, and seven mm-hmm. six and seven mm-hmm. okay mm-hmm. and then how old were they that they got to live up to for their life experience eight and nine eight and nine mm-hmm. okay so they're second and fourth grade okay and mm-hmm. then leading up to mm-hmm. to that time can you take us through how like mm-hmm. where were you in your marriage mm-hmm. and where were you with like the kids and their relationship with their dad and you and where were you guys before these, this event transpired? Um, you know, just with David and I, um, I mean, like I'll always say, uh, and it's hard for me to say that I'm not going to say I never loved him. Mm-hmm. I mean, I married him. Right. I'm, I'm going to say though, I don't think I was ever in love with him. And I know that people have a different... Well, you love the fraud version of him. Yeah, I don't think that I was like, this is my Prince Charming and oh my gosh. But I had the fairy tale wedding. My parents gave me um, the the chapel, the dress, like um, what I longed for. And I'm thankful for my parents. And I always said, you know, I just married the wrong guy. But then if I say that, then I didn't have the two biggest blessings that I ever had as Reagan and Grant and that their friends and family got to meet and know. Right. Um, so, and their purpose, I, say, I mean, their existence of their purpose yeah, was to they, pull something out of you yep. that you didn't even know you were Absolutely. capable of. Like, you I didn't know. sign up to say, hey, I want to be an author and a speaker no. and I want to do this. Like, that. Was, that's like so not who you are at no. all. You're like, please let me just hit over here in the corner. I'm mm-hmm. fine. Like and in so, the shadows. right? But mm-hmm. instead, God's sitting here and be like, "Okay, we have another mission for you. We're just gonna pull you out of mm-hmm. this, mm-hmm. and you have you have a bigger mission. And by the way, their their spirit energy is gonna help guide you through that. And we're just gonna make sure. And because they're all, they're with you the entire time. Like yes. I mean, every single day they're they watching are. over you, and they're they're par- they're so entwined in this mission for you. 
100%. Which, which I couldn't I do it out without my faith in God and them. Period. The end. I wouldn't be alive. Um, but I won't go there yet because you asked me about, you know, where I was with them. And, and that whole 11 years, um, I, you know, <laughs> we had good times. We laughed. You know, they of course, they loved their dad. I mean, you know, I will say as time went on and years went on, uh, Reagan caught on. She's smart. Yeah. She had. Uh, she started to see her things. wisdom. Okay. Mm-hmm. Grant, no. Um, he just, he didn't understand. I'm mean, not saying that he wasn't smart. But he was a little younger. Yeah. Too. And he just, he loved his dad and he loved his mom. Like, yeah. and Reagan eventually became protective of me and I just want my mom happy. Right. You know, and, and seeing like I'm, I'm noticing things when yeah. Dad's not making was upsetting yeah. mommy. That's yeah. not okay. I'm yeah. not really liking mm-hmm. how he might be speaking to you or how he how he wants stuff done. Like she used to like you know, kids wrestling with their dad, hanging out with her dad, going on errands with her dad, and then she eventually as year like she got old enough, she stopped doing that and like would stop like sitting next to him on the couch. I mean. And I don't think I noticed that, but I remember him bringing it to my attention and getting upset with me and blaming me for that. Anyways, so let me just say also that he was not violent and he never threatened violence to me or the children. It was verbal and mental abuse that I have never um, been a part of. I had been in physical abuse with a past relationship already. I knew what that was. Um, But sometimes I feel I would rather you see uh, the bruises, um, than what the verbal and mental it yeah. does to you yeah. and that trap and the web that you get put in. And it's like, I learned this in therapy and I call it like the zombie bug. Yeah. Uh huh. And it sucks the life out of, out of you completely and makes you jump off the cliff. Like you don't, you can't even process no, or mentally you, you just have to do. And that was, just, I mean, like that's it, where it ended up but yeah. through the journey of where I knew things weren't right was just job after job after like I was raised with parents that kept their jobs, kept their home. I, I mean, I, I was, I was raised, my childhood was good. You had a happy, healthy, yes. happy, happy, healthy childhood. Yes. So it wasn't you, it, this is a new environment to you that yeah. you don't speak the language. Yeah. And I was like, I didn't understand what was happening, but yeah. I'm like, I also believed in marriage the way I was raised in church and all that. And you, you don't divorce, you know, like, right. Put, put your efforts mm-hmm. into your marriage and, mm-hmm. and for don't you quit. having a previous relationship where you were in physical abuse, mm-hmm. you're sitting there like, Hey, I'm not getting hit. So I must be missing something. And that yes. probably kept feeding you back into the marriage to say, Hey, Oh wait, I need to do a better job as a wife. I need to do a better job as a well, mom. Well, that codependency. Yeah. Mm-hmm, I, that's yeah. 100%. and love addiction I learned that that was all stuff I learned later that I didn't know that was what was wrong like why did I choose this and that and why did I do this and that like there's always the whys and the what is and the what I could have should is you know but in those moments of um, like just the job after job after job with him and then house after house like in 11 years I lived in eight homes wow like like, what the hell? And I was like, I mean, not owning, renting, and then getting evicted. I'm like, what the hell? Like, wow. what is going on? Cars being repoed. Yeah. Hiding cars. Then, and I'm just like, you know, that's, 
not I'm not saying it all just happened at once. It was just like there's a lot of secrets that word. weren't answered, and then all of a sudden, like all these different things would happen, and it was like you were almost mm-hmm. like out of the loop, mm-hmm. and then they were just done to you, and it was, yeah. just, and then narcissistic, sociopathic, mm-hmm. like. Mm-hmm. behaviors mm-hmm. they lie and cheat and deceive and they oh, create the image of path yeah they create the image of beauty and here we got the mm-hmm. house and the cars or whatever but it's like no you're, you're just in that moment he made me feel good and then on and then but also i would not throw this in the mix um and it's even just it's just disgusting but like i found out three months after um everyone died that um he had had so many women out there. I found my sister and I did some investigating, and she found this site. Um, she got into his email, uh, found a site that he was on on married men seeking married women just for pleasure, not for love, but just to but please still. and feed you to yeah. feed himself. Right. I found his profiles, found pages of all the women that he was with sexually, over and over and over, and I'm like, what? Like wow. how stupid, you know, but I, I didn't know. I thought, I think one time in our marriage, I, I found something and I thought it was just like a, like he went and had lunch with some chick. That was the door opening to all of that. them. It was just for sexual pleasure and to, to feed his ego. His and narcissistic his, oh, ego. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, and just reading it and seeing his selfies and, and, and his profiles and then seeing them, I was like, I felt sorry for them. Yeah. I'm so, I was like, oh my gosh. Like, uh, I mean, obviously I felt disgusting because I had no idea and I felt really dumb, but how was I supposed to know? Like, I didn't know. And because I was like, I didn't understand. Yeah. But anyway, that's to throw in there amongst the jobs, amongst the the houses and, and, and me also taking his side over. I lost friends. I lost family. Um, not for good. I mean, not to say that, that, you know, things weren't, um, like, but he makes it, he has to be in control. He has to be in control, but he also has to like, whatever your actions and behaviors are doing of of him allowing you to do it. Mm -hmm. And if you're like too happy or too connected with someone in your family, you've got to nip it down. Mm-hmm. And like because mm-hmm. that that's a threat to his position. Or to hey, which yeah, he's... go out and do your thing with your cut. Co- go have fun. Go with your friend. Da da da. And then later you're punished for it. That right. happened a lot. Yeah. Um, like sure, go. Yeah. I mean, it seemed like he would want me gone all the time, but no, he wanted me right there. That's why. Like I put on. I don't know. I was postpartum after Grant, and I got put on some medicine, and I thought, okay, this will go away. Right. Well. Eventually, I couldn't get off because of the chaotic, toxic household I lived in with him. Right. And I had to have something to keep me, but also kept me in a fog. Him plus the meds. And so, right. I was all kinds of effed right. up. But... That's but how my... I mean, that's how my, my mom functioned being married to my dad because she was a functional alcoholic. But she mm. was also bipolar, unmedicated because in the 80s, they didn't do shit like that. So, it was like... And anytime mm-hmm. she wanted to go to a doctor to get herself fixed, mm-hmm. that side of the family would always disregard. Uh-huh. Well, I'm sorry, but when she has two stints in the psych ward after both me and my sister are born, there's something going on. on. Right. And so then it took her having to leave yeah. to be able to go get help to where she finally got herself checked in 
and then realized that she was self-medicating with booze for her bipolar. Yeah. And so, and then that all resolved itself. But in the midst, then it's like her having to get herself straight so she can have a life to prove that she can take care of us. Mm-hmm. When mm-hmm. She did it the whole time on. anyway. Yep. So, I mean, it's... I know, he had me, and he also would then go, you know, if I reacted to something, or we argued, because... I eventually, yeah, I was getting suspicious and I was getting angry. I'm not saying I just sat down. I'm not like, because there were moments where, I mean, we would blow up at each other. But you didn't know the things that you knew. But he would blame me. Right. You're psychotic. You're psychic. It's always your fault. You're on, that's why you're on the medicine, Karen. You know, I'm like, what? Like, and and then you're like, oh, I'm sorry. I was always like, I'm sorry. Like, I would make it right. Right. Because obviously Reagan and Grant, I didn't want Reagan, Grant, and Hannah seeing that, but they heard it. I'm, you know, it was it was so messed up. But in my mind, I mean, and also amongst all that, financially, of hop, hopping everywhere and going to different towns and all this stuff, um, I, I I wanted my kid, like when Grant turned two, so Reagan was three, I wanted him to go to preschool. So where the church we were at that I got married at, um, I enrolled them, but I also got hired so we could afford the tuition. Mm-hmm. So I started working, making a paycheck so I could pay some bills. And then it just, I am so thankful, like, cause I wasn't career, but like I went to college, but only two years and I didn't, I didn't finish. And I, I just started working real estate, mortgage, you know, all that kind of stuff when I got out and, um, just, and I just wanted to be married and, and have kids and, and I wanted to be a stay at home mom. Um, and who knows after that, but I'm just saying like, that's what I wanted at that time. And, um, but I had to start working in order, but I'm so, so thankful that I wasn't at a nine to five and dropping my kids off because I got all those years with them because it went from preschool. And then when we moved to Van Alstine, um, I worked at that preschool. Um, and then they went into the elementary and I was a teacher aide. And I got to be there. And then PE aid. I got to see them play and have fun. And PE every day. Uh, yeah. They probably wouldn't appreciated that in middle school and high school if they would have made it that far. Right. But obviously, I mean, I think in their eyes, and yeah, I can tell myself this all day, that they, they thought they had a cool mom, that I was good to them. I'm not saying that my marriage was good because it wasn't. And I'm not saying I was perfect. But our time together, our driving in the car, our going to, you know, it was amazing because he wasn't with us. I was something different with my children. Right. And they got to see who you were. Yeah. The true, like, well, some of the true self. I'm not saying that that was 100% because I don't, I don't know. But I'm saying that that, that from Grant turning two and Reagan three all the way to eight and nine years old, I mean, I feel like that that was a lifetime for me and I got to go. You know, I just, I got to be with them. Right. When we all went to the same place. No. A lot of people don't. I and mean, now I'm like, dude, if I had, like, you would there have was had a reason no I had that. Yeah. And, and I didn't know it, and I hate saying it, but I know that that's my reality. Yeah. And so, anyway, so that uh, just, it, it got, in 2012, I think, or 11, 11 or 12, um, we were in this home that I really liked with this wraparound porch. We were renting it, and it was it had been renovated. It was so cool in like a downtown, like like what the square is on McKinney. Yeah, this is in Van Alstine, and I told him I was like, I literally said, if we lose this house, I'm out. And 
obviously didn't believe me, <laughs> um, but I did. Uh, we lost it, and I left. I got me and the kids, um, and we went to my parents we, for a whole summer. And it was... It was and this a, is the summer before they passed? No, this is, is like in 2012. They, okay. they passed in 2015. Okay. Um, but someone like me gave them an ultimatum, like, get your shit together, get, get a job, keep a job, get a house, and I'll come back. But until then, deuce. Like, I'm out. Right. And, yeah, he went on and, you know, moved our stuff into our friend's garage and then lived with them. And who knows? Yeah. I know there's some other things that went on, and, and I don't really care. Um, but obviously he put, played the role. He should have gotten an Oscar for this role he played of losing weight and sleeping taking a nap on a park bench like he's homeless and shit and going to therapy and making sure when, because we went to therapy, mm -hmm. um, separate, not together, okay. but he, we went to the same person, I know, and he would make sure he was sitting out there waiting. When he was done, when I would walk in, he would have flowers and this poor pitiful like puppy dog eyes with a letter. And I was like, this is, this is BS, like whatever like it didn't affect me which I was so thankful because I was in a space of strength at that time with being with my parents and we were free but I will say I I wanted and, and, and he got to see the kids I didn't keep the kids from him we kept things as normal as possible I just didn't we didn't live together I wish I could go back to that moment I wish um, I would have never returned but he did exactly what I asked him to do, and I went back because I wanted—I didn't want to separate my family. I didn't want to divorce um, and have my kids be another, uh, you know, victim statistic, of divorce. Right. Uh, statistic, yeah. you know. And I just, anyway, I remember my mom saying, and my dad, they were—I was in the back seat and with the kid, and you know, uh, they cried all the way because they did not want. I mean. They knew. My parents supported us. Like, nobody's bought us groceries. Uh, sometimes, you know, the, the um, electricity would go off or the water because he didn't pay it. Um, and they would save the day. Always. Duke and Sue saved the day. Those are my parents. And I would not be here without them. Um, and Reagan and Grant wouldn't have had um, the cute clothes and shoes that they had. Right. And, and I, I mean, I'm blessed you know, that they had amazing grandparents. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Um, and it, it just, so my, they cried. They weren't going to, I mean, obviously I'm a grown woman and they took me back. Um, but obviously they didn't want that. And anyway, you know, we get in a home and we lose that home. Um, and then we are finally out at this house, uh, for the last few years that, um, uh, everyone's together. So it just, um, it was a spiral of just, you know, in a tornado of things like just, uh, that erupted, uh, or a volcano that erupted in the end. Um, I, I just, I think, um, what in 2000, so it was 2015, um, going into the school year, I had stepped away from being in the school because I needed to make more money. So I went into real estate again and was an assistant to a team. Um, I was blessed by that and trying to make more money to support us because uh, he obviously uh, wouldn't. Um, 
and I will say this too, um, he pawned our, okay, so uh, through those years, pawning was a thing for him. It was like an addiction to him. Um, he wasn't a gambler or a drug. Everyone asked me, was he on alcohol, drugs? You know, was he get? No. I mean, he gambled with our life. And, uh, and inconsistency in the living situation. Well, and we were like trophies on a shelf. Right. And we, when he would go around town and begging people for money, oh, my wife and my kids and just all these stories right. that I didn't know. I didn't know it was happening. I looked like a fool. Like, in the end, because I had people kind of like, what was going on? And I had no idea. Or if I found out, I would come unwound. I'm like, you don't do this. But anyway, um, pawning. Um, it went from from the second year of our marriage. I had my, my wedding ring custom made. Um, exactly what I wanted. Um, and in our second year, I remember holding Reagan. She's a baby. And he asked if he could... Uh, take my ring to get a loan because um, you know we have to make sacrifices and uh, he needed help paying the rent. He said, "But I'll get it right back." Right. Mm-hmm. Well, I believed him in that moment. Obviously, I cried taking the thing off right. and giving it to him. And we all know I never saw it again, mm-hmm. ever. So I kept having to go to Dillard's and buy the twenty-dollar rings. And, and yeah. as soon as my ring, my finger would turn green, I'd go get another one because right. I was embarrassed. Right. But anyway, why did I even wear one? Because <laughs> this day and time, oh yeah. Anyways, I'm a totally different person. But <laughs> um, I so that's where it started, and from there it went from like the he bought me when we were dating. Obviously, he bought whatever. It just makes me sick. Tiffany jewelry right. that I thought I don't buy that stuff. I don't spend that. But he bought me a necklace and a bracelet and it was engraved and all that. While I was gone, sometimes he would go and he would steal things and go pawn them of mm-hmm. mine. Um, and then, so, okay, fine. I don't care what you do to me. Then he started messing with my kids. Buying things and then pawning things. And I'm talking Christmas presents. I'm talking taking birthday money out of their birthday cards that come in the mail. Um, from his own parents, you know? Like, what? Anyways, it was sick. And, like, where even Hannah, the oldest, would be like, Reagan, hide your stuff because dad... Dad'll take uh-huh. it. Uh-huh. Yeah. <sighs> and so, like, eventually where they were old enough when we would come home from school and our TVs and PlayStation and all this stuff was gone. And, I mean, he would pawn things that weren't even pawnable. Like, this, he had a deal with this place. So, there, there's lies another thing. And it's like, I know, probably listeners are like, what in the hell? And you stayed like that long? But I was fighting for, I I just thought, I I prayed for hope and change. And of course, we'd go to church and he would put on the show. Like, yeah, or be the coach for Grant's baseball team. Well, he would meet the bottom line to which you requested. Mm -hmm. And so therefore, that made you feel like you had to keep your end of the bargain mm-hmm. to which you presented. Yeah. But then all of that freaking changes mm-hmm. the day that you lost your yeah. kids. So it came down to, yeah, I mean, obviously I had enough. <laughs> um, and so I was doing real estate. Uh, so, uh, I mean. Um, you took a step back from school. So I did. You, from, from that position because you were trying to make more yeah. money so that you 
could have more solidarity. Yeah, right. And mm -hmm. so as that, what, did something happen that week or was just like, how did everything go down? You know, it's really, it's blurry. All of it is. Um, but I remember because um, David had, what, a stacks of pawn tickets and also he drove, uh, oh yeah, cars, like, mm -hmm. anyway, and um, uh, re expired registration, expired driver's license, um, and he had warrants. Okay. Okay. So, so there was a whole two times he got arrested. His, his skeletons in his closets that mm -hmm. you didn't even know. Mm -mm. So two times he got arrested in our marriage, and the first time, oh, you know, I would felt sorry for him, and he would also threaten suicide too. And early on, and I felt sorry for him. I was scared. I didn't want to lose him. Blah blah blah. When I was, you know, and um, but then it happened again, and what I was he arrested rest for. For the warrant, like for not paying his tickets or what? Well, not showing up to the court date yeah. after the fee, yeah. et cetera. Right. Okay. Because like, right. you get ticketed for something right. and then if you don't pay it, mm -hmm. then it goes past. So then mm -hmm. they send out a warrant and yep. things of that. So it could have been as simple as a traffic ticket. Right. Like a speeding ticket right. that you that, let expire. Mm -hmm. Lots Crazy. of them. Okay. Mm -hmm. And I did not feel sorry for him the second time. I don't know the years that passed through all that. Um, but, uh, so, yeah, I, I wish he would have stayed in jail. But anyway, he didn't. So, um, I, uh, what was happening? So, okay, because of all that, um, I think my dad got a phone call, um, you know, because they're really wanting me to go, um, you know, obviously. And so, I, they got a phone call that had to do with a CPS thing. Okay. And if the kids were in the car with David because of his uh, warrant out for his uh, arrest, yeah, all then that, that could mm -hmm. be a problem. Then they would not be with me. And I freaked the you-know-what out. So, uh, Dad um, was crying, and it hit me. I literally was driving, I remember, down the highway, and I had to pull over. And understand what he was saying I didn't I was like wait a second what and then I thought like because also he had me sometimes believe in him so much that I didn't know who to trust or believe right that I'm like are they just tricking me well the stories like, didn't line up it no. didn't make sense in your head and I'm like why, didn't know it, why am I not I'm not getting this phone like what like I don't anyway you didn't know all the details and I trust my parents like what with everything right but in that moment I was so messed up that I didn't know what was, anyway, but it did affect me and I took action. And so met with an attorney. I mean, the ball started rolling. I'm like, okay, I'm getting out. Oh, because two weeks prior to me filing, I remember, uh, and I shouldn't have done this now that I think about it. Cause you don't, I don't, I didn't know who I was dealing with like mentally. Mm -hmm. I didn't, I still didn't know then. But you didn't even know the full no, what he was capable no, of. No, I did right. not. Um, and uh, I told him, I was like, I'm, I'm done, and I'm leaving. And that was two weeks before. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Um, and, and you, sh and you wish you didn't tell him. Mm -hmm. And we were sitting, we were, we were in the master bathroom of this house because I kept the doors. I didn't want anyone to hear me. Um, 
and uh, it was weird because he didn't get loud. He didn't raise his voice. He got calm, and it was creepy. Like, like if full I think acceptance. About, oh, like no, um, baby, please, no, we're it's gonna. I mean, like, kind of just. I, I want you to stay. Don't leave. We're gonna work this out. I promise. Like, it's gonna be okay. And I was like, no, like, no. Because you've said, it's been 11, like, that's what you always say. And, and I'm like, it's just piling up and piling up and piling up. I was like, I can't take this anymore. We're running from everything. Like, I'm, this isn't who I am. Right. I was like, this may be who you are, but it's not who I am. And I, I can't do this anymore. So I spoke those words. Um, and I don't think he believed me still because, I mean, I was still there. <laughs> and, um. I went back to him, you know, those few years later or earlier. But anyway, um, I secretly went behind his back, found an attorney, went with my dad, um, and my boss at the time like helped correlate all this. Which is what you're supposed to do when with narcissistic and yeah. sociopathic men. Yeah, yeah. There's a and, whole there's mm, a whole process mm -hmm. to do it. Yeah, and um, I I did that and. Uh, I went, so it was in October of 2015, um, yeah, because uh, I, I served him papers on October 19th, which was on Monday. Um, the Friday before that is when I went to the attorney, got the papers and all that, but she's like, just to be cool, go ahead and stay the weekend, which freaked everyone out in the back, but I didn't, I was like, okay, cool, I'll pretend. I can... I mean, I can pretend to be like everything's cool. Suck it up for two uh, days. Yeah. yeah, but I do remember that morning when I was going to see the attorney, I had got up, curled my hair, put on a dress, and he was like, wow, like he did notice that. But I was like, I made, I, I said it had to do with work because I worked in real estate. You had to, I mean, I was like, yeah. Presentation's we, important. I was like, I got to go to a closing or whatever. Right. I just made up something. And um, so he did notice that part. And um so anyway, got home, spent the weekend with him. We went to the state fair. We, yeah, went out to eat. Oh my gosh, it was hard. Um, and then he was served papers on that Monday. So when he got up and went to so-called uh, work, which, mm -hmm. mm, what, uh, maybe he was painting someone's fence. I don't freaking know. Yeah. Or maybe it was a girlfriend's house. I don't know. Anyways, he left. I got the kids to my sister, or they went to, I can't remember, or, I took them to school, and then my sister picked them up and took them to Allen, okay. to my parents. Because you were anticipating uh -huh. some blow up. So when he left, da 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 da, and I went to the house, or I was, yeah, I went back to the house. Um, I left my car running. It's crazy because I felt um, like I didn't know if he would have pulled up what would have happened. So I had my car running. I had the doors open. Um, at first, I was in the front, but I pulled around to the back. Because um, we lived on two acres and no fence. So I pulled around to the back and I was going in and out of the back door, just loading the car with as much stuff as mine that I could get. And then just a few things of Reagan and Grant's to hang out at Mimi and Pop's house. Right. Um, and it's crazy now to think about it um, because like what the police reports say and neighbors, like the one of the neighbors talked about it, watching me from the window. Wow. Yeah. And in that two weeks of... Uh, no, not two weeks. So, okay, sorry, I jumped ahead. That's okay. 
got in the car. So I don't know. It took me a couple hours. Um, and I had like the blinds open. It was, it was an old like eighties house. So it was, it was kind of dark and stuff and the front windows anyway. So, um, had the old school blinds and I couldn't see, but I just kept watching. I was on alert, you know, and, um, anyways, got things, got in the car and headed either to my boss's house or to out. I can't remember. So, and I got a restraining order. Not for the kid, but for, um, cause once he got served that evening or whatever, once he got home, I didn't know what he would do or how he would react. So I had a restraining order at my, for my parents protection okay. because he didn't like my family anymore and, um, he didn't like me. Uh, so I had a restraining order and, um, so Okay, so that's October 19th. So in those two weeks up leading up to Halloween um, and his first like weekend to have them, um, the, the, I remember in the police report, the neighbor was saying how um, awkward he was acting. And she mm. was like watching, like just because he had known that, like obviously he knows how to play the part and be the, the good neighbor. Right. Um, you know, but once we were out of the picture, she was like, I didn't know what was going on and he was acting very strange. And anyway, so that was interesting. Um, and, uh, especially to see it, the perspectives of other people uh -huh. and his behavior uh -huh. as it's gearing up to yeah, all of this. Because I know at that moment when he got served papers, oh yeah. And he texts me and, um, you know, what's sad is I'll always remember that I said, I'm sorry I had to do this. And he's like, sorry for what? And I'm like, I, the fact that I apologized or said those words right. in text is disgusting that I did that, but I did. I'm sorry I had to do this, but this is like my only option at this point. Well, and, it's and, maybe, he, and it may not even have been, and I'm sorry I had to do this. Maybe it's, I'm sorry it had to come to this. Come, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because really, I mean, like this is a series of him setting, mm -hmm. you know, you're living in a life that you <laughs> didn't want and that you didn't think you were signing up for that. There was no, yeah, it was a dead end. No matter what I had right. chosen. So if you find this helpful or insightful, don't forget to connect with us on Facebook and YouTube at Capital Health. That's K-A-P-I-T-O-L Health. You can also check us out at CapitalHealth.com and subscribe to our newsletter and get wicked awesome updates whenever we come out with new blogs to keep you in the loop of your health and wellness. So let's yeah. go into... You said you sent him via text, text message. Mm -hmm. What happened after that text message? Yeah, he just said, um, wow, like you got me. Um, and he was like, you are very methodical in, um, in how you did this. And uh, I said, well, I learned from the best. And that, I don't know what that did to me, but it gave me power. Because mm -hmm. I'm like... I think it's like something snapped and I finally saw it like because I had my family telling me you had the support you needed yeah and it was trying to clear the fog a little bit and like because I remember if I go back a minute my sister lived in in California at the time for like eight years and she came back to visit like when Reagan was born and Grant was born blah 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 but she remembered coming over because she has this instinct and she just knows when something's wrong um, 
and she came over to the house that I said, if we lose this, I'm out. Mm -hmm. And she said, I didn't even recognize you. Um, and she tried to, I think, get me to leave then. And I told her no. She didn't push me, but she's like, you are a zombie, Karen. Yeah. I didn't even recognize my sister. She goes, and, and so anyway, I'm just saying, so fast forward, and he just said, you were so methodical, and I was like, well, I'll learn for the best, you know, and I was just like, boom, <laughs> and, you know, not knowing what was to come, so I guess once he got those papers, then his, who knows, I'll never know, and that's, um, his hamster like, wheel started oh, yeah. churning, yeah, mm -hmm. and um, so he got his visiting time, he got to talk to them on the phone, or text, or whatever, um, and what he saw him like once a week anyway uh but it was almost immediate he got served the papers mm -hmm. you guys were staying uh, with your parents uh -huh. and figure then, things out and yeah. then you guys like are trying to set up the new normal life for your family mm -hmm. or your schedule of yep. who gets this time and mm -hmm. this weekend and yep. holidays and having those discussions mm -hmm. but you didn't even get mm -mm. to holidays nope nope um it all ended what Halloween. was the day? Uh, well, November 1st, 2015. 1st. It was the day after Halloween. Um, so, Halloween weekend. Uh, my, um, I didn't want this to happen because I just I don't think my mom heart was ready for it. I didn't mind them visiting and going to eat and do all that and then meet me back in a parking lot, how all that happens 24-7 a day, you know, these days. But it's like... Um, the sleepover, I guess, kind of bothered because I didn't know. I didn't know how divor divorce worked, and honestly, I didn't know who I was working with here, like, because of how, what I had been through, and what is his mental state. Like, I didn't think about all that, but I just knew. I don't know. I just didn't want it. But my attorney's like, I obviously I can't keep them. There are no. I had no proof you of legally, anything. You can legally no. have nothing to prevent him from, from not having the visitation. Night. Right, right, right. Absolutely. I didn't want them to be kept from him. I just wasn't ready for the overnight stay. And anyway, was this the first overnight mm -hmm, stay? The very first one. Yep. And uh, it was the last one. So that Friday, um, we got up. Dad made pancakes. All this stuff, like big breakfast for the kids, and. Um, uh, he always did communion, like, with the kids and, and prayed over them. <clears throat> and, um, yeah, I drove him to school in my sister's car because I didn't want to be in my car. <laughs> um, but I needed to give back anyway because, anyway. Um, um, drove him to school. We sang, talked, laughed, prayed, talked about the weekend. Reagan had a lock-in with her gym gymnast. Um, like a fun Halloween party. Um, they both cheer and play football on Saturday. So I knew their games were Saturday. I was going to see them Saturday. Um, but then uh, the weather didn't or, uh, cooperate. And um, they uh, were both called off. Um, Reagan, I think, you know, was picked up um, from the lock-in. They went home and crashed. Like, in anyway... Um, also I, yeah, so that night, and I remember picking out hot Halloween costumes for Reagan and Grant, us doing that at Party City or wherever we did it, the Halloween store, and then, um, I asked to speak to them, I asked to see pictures, he wouldn't allow it. He said, no, I want you to feel what I feel. 
And I'm like, that didn't make sense because you got to talk to them and see them while you had, while I had them. I'm not evil like that. But anyways, he would not allow it. I never got to hear their voices. So when I took them to school Friday, we got to the front of the school. I hugged them and kissed them. And I said, if I don't like, you know, see at your games, but if not your games because of the weather, I will see you at three o'clock on Sunday. We're like, great. Watched them walk into that school building, and that is the last time I saw them alive. It's the last time I heard their voice. Um, the next time I saw them, they were in caskets. So, um, I dropped them off. They went to school. They had the weekend with their dad. They went trick-or-treating. So when they got dressed up, Reagan was a purple witch, and Grant was the Grim Reaper. <laughs> um, because Grant um, used to want to be all the, um, like them growing up, they were like, what? I remember them being Dallas Cowboy cheerleader and Dallas football player. And then they went into the Marvel heroes or whatever, princesses and all that stuff and all the heroes. And then Grant figured out that he would get scared. So he started being the scary. Like he wanted to wear the skulls and the scream mask and the grim. Like, I'm like, smart dude. Okay. Now you're... Like, I'm in it, so I'm not scared. Right. Like, he can like, conquer it. It helps yeah. him conquer it. Yeah. I was like... Very clever. I was like, that's good. Um, Reagan didn't care. She did all that. Like, she just laughed at it. But anyway, that's who they were. And I didn't ever... I, I still don't... I mean, no pictures um, from anyone. I got Because in Van Alstine, everyone goes to kind of the same neighborhood. Um, in the Georgetown neighborhood near the elementary school to trick-or-treat. So a lot of people saw them that night, but I don't think pictures were taken, or I never saw them. And um, they got to trick-or-treat with their dad. Um, they actually asked me to go, um, like, before I dropped them off, like, will you go trick-or-treating with us? And I actually, man, I do, uh, I regret a lot of things, um, and this is one of them, because I, I said, you know what, I think you just need that time with your dad, and I don't want to interrupt that. I was trying to be respectful um, to the dad, and also not... Creating, hey, we can still have our separate lives because if you showed up, then then he'd try to. Well, and Reagan and Grant, I wanted them to get you because I will say, when I told Ray, she had a few tears, but she hugged me, and she actually had this relief on her, and like I said, I just want you to be happy, and she was kind of thankful. I think Grant, whole nother ball game, screamed, cried cried, yelled at me, got angry, and I understand. Right. But we worked through it day after day in those two weeks, and he got he was getting better. So I didn't want to interrupt that moment. Because um, so they're learning and healing from this massive change also. Yeah. And so you're trying to honor that change. Right, right. And so, so they went and they got to do their trick-or-treating yeah. with friends mm-hmm. and things, and then... David didn't dress up. He always used to like to wear scary masks and scare people. Um, but he went as himself with just being a, um, uh, whatever. Um, I don't himself even like to call him. Yeah, yeah, I don't like to even call him a dad. Um, yeah. But anyways, uh, and our, he did, uh, this gentleman told me the story that when he got to someone's house and it was our friends and he was like, so, you know, just joking around, what are you dressed up as? And he was like, oh, you didn't know, like, I'm Satan himself because that's what everyone thinks that I am. Like, he started, and I will say that because, um, rewind a little bit, we went to a school program on the 28th. Mm-hmm. Um, it was Grant's program, 
and he was begging me to sit by me and be seen with me, um, and I kept telling him no, and he was like, come on, Kay, you know, because he called me Kay, and he would, uh, like, you don't want the everyone to know, like, I'm like, I don't care, like, if ever anyone knows, but anyways, I finally gave in, and I remember, and I'm saying this for a reason, um, like, I remember, we sat on the front row, I had Reagan, um, bless her heart, I put her in between us, I didn't want to sit next to him, so he sat on the other side of Ray, but when he was walking in, in all his starched clothes, and looking whatever that he thought he was, and smiling at everyone like a whatever, um, like a politician, but anyway, uh, sorry. <laughs> good, good connection. But, um, uh, he, when he looked at me, it was like it went into slow motion, and he did have pretty blue eyes. Very, um, like I have blue eyes, but mine are darker. Mm-hmm. He had, and our kids had pretty blue eyes. Um, I will give him that. He had the salt and pepper hair and pretty blue eyes, and they were black. Whoa. It freaked, and I was like, like I shook, my, like I was like, did, did I just see his soul? See, yeah, and I, but I didn't hone in, like I did, I don't know, it like, I didn't do anything about it, cause I didn't, I didn't know. Well, it's, it's like not I your job anymore. It wasn't your job anymore. No, we it were was... in the midst of a divorce, like the beginning of a divorce. Right. Like, and you're and you have to create the bar- the boundaries and the separation. But it's like him to... smiling at the crowd, and then all of a sudden he looks at me with that smirk because yeah. yeah they do that with their smirks, and his eyes were black. Wow. And, and then they went back to blue. Like I'm sorry, like it was just this so moment. when even when he and later he said him. I'm Satan, like because that's who I well, am. Yeah, it's like Halloween. that's how you were like totally mm-hmm. connected. He was already gone. Wow. And, and I'm not saying because he chose that. He gave into that evil and that darkness, and he chose it, and it he was that that, and so, so everything about their last hours, uh-huh, minutes, uh-huh. last breaths, like you don't even know. It's uh-huh. just what you were told uh-huh. from police reports, yeah, and and neighbors witnessing that outside. And just the, um, obviously, you know CSI, and you know. Uh, um, and the firemen and what everyone is going to have an opinion or what they think or what they studied, but no one knows because they're not him. Right. But so anyways, I get the phone call. Uh, so fast forward, um, this is November, 1st. November 1st, he starts sending me texts like in the morning about, am I coming to church? And I'm like, uh, no. I'm not coming to church, and I'm not going to be seen with you. Like, what do you, I will see you at 3 o'clock at Canes in McKinney. That's where we're meeting. And I just kept saying that. Um, and he would say, so I got my parents involved. Like, I was, I was like, hey, he's like, but I didn't, I just kept stating facts. And I didn't, and I do, this is another regret, but I don't know what I would have heard. So I guess I was being protected because I kept saying the facts because you can't, argue with those type of people. Or no, because they're in a whole emotional yeah. circle. And I would have gotten confused into... all over or, or something. So they're, my parents were like, Karen, you just keep saying, state the facts. I'll see you at 3 o'clock. Well, keep it simple, well, not emotional. To, he's like, I kept, he kept saying, I need to talk to you. I need to talk to you. Um, I can't even imagine what I would have heard because I know that my kids were asleep 
and I know he was setting the stage of what he was about to do. I have no idea. And then the, the text stopped at noon. Dad and I were supposed to go together. And he was angry that Duke was coming, that Pop was coming in the car with me. Right. And I was like, too bad. That's protection. Too bad. Right. Nice um, We can talk outside the car. Don't worry about Duke, but he's driving me. Right. Anyways, the last minute, we're sitting at the kitchen table, and I, I told Dad, I just, like, I remember looking over, and I said, I'm not going. I don't. I just, something came over, and I was like, I'm not going. And I was like, but he's not going to know I'm not going. And you're going to show up. You get and the kids. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying a word. Like, you just felt like it was mm-hmm. unsafe. and I don't know. I just, okay. And that was at 2 o'clock. I don't know. Dad left around, uh, yeah, because 3 o'clock. Okay, because Alan McKinney is right next door to each other, but Dad wanted to start go early. So he left at 2.15. 2.30, I was getting a phone call um, that my house was on fire from a neighbor that saw the smoke um, from afar. And um, I was like, what? You know, I just, what? And, I, and then I remember, um, I just, I immediately said, he's killing my kids. And I said, is the car in the driveway? And she said, yes. I said, yeah, he's killing them. And I hung, I, like I was screaming at that point. And then I just started pacing and then I called dad. And I mean, to hear my dad tell it, I mean, he's told it on other uh, platforms um, is, to hear me, and then I was like, do not stop at Canes. You keep going all the way up 75 and go all the way to Van Al- Go to the house. Go to the house. Go to the house. And he was like, okay, okay. But he also didn't understand. He was like, no, I know he would hurt himself, but he would not hurt those kids. And he was like, um, you, you need to slow down. What are you saying? Like, I was freaking out, but he was trying to calm me down. I was like, don't, like, just listen to me. I'm like, I'm telling you. I need you. you to get there now. Yeah, and he was like, they have to be with someone else, Karen. He goes, start calling all their friends. And so I did. I started calling cheer and football, like all the parents. And they're like, no, no. And I mean, I was freaking out everyone. And then I called 911. I was screaming at her. I don't even know what I said. I had to apologize years later. Uh, but I don't even know. And what baffles me to this day, and yes, I've had therapy around it, the shame and guilt, I've, I've worked through it. I didn't jump in a car and go up there. I don't know if you'd be able to drive. I Well, and then my aunt showed up. Like, I, my dad immediately called family to get to the house, to my mom's house. To be uh, here for you. Because I was screaming at my mom. My mom started calling people, and I remember pacing. Yeah, and then people started, my family, because I have a huge family. My dad's the oldest of 10, and uh, they're, they're like prayer warriors. And they came in, and then they wouldn't believe it, and I just kept saying, they're they're de- like I don't know if I was saying they're de- I don't think I was I was just like he's killing them like something bad and it's not good and everyone was trying to stand against that and I'm like no my mom gut and I and then I remember being frozen in the living room floor in the fetal position and I was stuck like I I, I can't even explain it um and I couldn't move and I remember my aunt Karen saying I will drive you and I don't even know what I said to her but Calls were coming in from the police officers saying, do not let, like, obviously that made me mad later. <laughs> but in the moment, I don't think I understood. Like, they she said, doesn't need to come. That's what don't they said. Don't let her come. Well, you don't keep a mom from her children. Like, don't say that to me. But in that moment. Not fully understanding then, uh, what you would have no, seen no. or what you would have experienced. Correct. So, I, with was the house, like, already... In like flames. half in flames. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
And yeah. did they, were they able to even get the flames under control to which? No, they were already gone. Um, so I don't know, like at noon, I don't know if like, because the you don't know if it stopped after he messaged you versus the time frame is yeah. so it's like from twelve to three right there's just yeah. Yeah. no answers Mm-mm. no and I don't care what the police report says and the do- I mean every fireman wrote their report and I mean yeah they all line up but I mean really like the timing but I, I do I do know this like the house was doused because um, it certain parts of David's life and he was in the car um, painting business so he had he was amazing at doing anything he did like seriously he was talented he's dude. very talented I hate to go there now that I'm saying this I, it, it's true he was gifted but he chose it not okay it, it was he never, didn't utilize his no, gifts to actually no. put put you or anyone else no up. no because his, his dad and, and brother they were amazing well, they're still doing it, but they're amazing at um, paint and body. Okay. And paint, they, I mean, which means he had access to. They had skills, <laughs> but anyway, yes, all the chemicals. Yes, so we had these little cabinets in our garage that had chemicals and all kinds of stuff, plus the gasoline, the carpet in the home. Um, I mean, start like he poured it in um, the the garage, and then it went to the living room, and then all through the house. I mean, on the wall. I mean, you could see it when they the because I've already seen all the crime scene photos, um, the black light mm-hmm. as they're and I mean, it's just like you know thrown he just everywhere. everywhere. Was he trying to cover up something he had already done to them? Um, no, because in the autopsy reports, um, there was. I was hoping, you know, because I it's still very hard for me. Um, that he had drugged them, you know, to keep them asleep, yeah. like cough syrup. I'm like, oh, I had cough syrup in the, like prescription, okay. cough syrup or, um, like, I don't know, like he gave them something to just knock them out, you know, but here's the deal. They, uh, were in the master bath, same place that I told him I was going to leave him. That's where it was like lined. I was like, wow, uh. master bathroom. Um, so if you see the pictures and look it up, you're going to see that the front of the house is still intact and you see a hole in the roof. But if you go to the back of the house, it's blown off. Like Holy it exploded crap. in the back. Exploded. Um, so his mission was to explode the whole thing, obviously because the amount of chemicals and gasoline, or all of it, that he had put in. I mean, they were laying in the cart like it was soaked. It. I mean, um, where... There should have been nothing left of anyone. And so him, the kids, and the two dogs were all in the master bathroom, um, which were Reagan and Grant's dog. I took Cooper, my dog, to Mimi and Pop's house. They kept, because I was like, sure. I mean, like, your dog stay with you because you're going to be visiting back and forth. I mean, you know, never thought this was going to happen. So anyways, they're in the master bath. And um, so what I know and obviously it's taken me eight years um, to kind of work through all this, but from like um, my, man, my, my dad um, being the man of like God that he is and his just his faith, um, it's not what I wanted to hear then, but it's what I do know is true now, like what I've had to work through because I was so angry at God through all this. Um, 
but it wasn't him that did it. It was evil, like David and the evil, like right. that, that took over. Um, I just didn't understand why it was allowed to happen, but why is anything bad in this lifetime allowed to happen? Because it does. And then, so I know I'm like all over the place, but um, so dad was on the scene. Dad was on the scene and he was pacing the front yard as they, everyone was in the house. I mean, and you had neighbors with umbrellas because it was raining. Um, like, and the news was already out there. Uh, firemen all in the back. Um, Not even and, realizing the tragedy to which it mm-hmm. was. And they were Dad, just like, oh, house is on fire mm-hmm. and leaving it at that. Mm-hmm. And I still can't imagine what it would have been like if I would have shown up to the scene. Like, I, I already know. I would have gone... I mean, the word is psycho. I would have gone absolutely. Oh yeah, you would have shit. You would like. I don't even know. You would have jumped into the house. Like I don't. Gone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't even know if they could have held me. But like, I would have jumped through a window. I yeah. don't know. I don't know what. But <laughs> I didn't. And Dad was there, and he paced the front yard. And he was pacing the front yard, and he just said he was just praying. And I know that there was someone else. I know there was, there was someone else. Um, they can't be in there. I mean, he would hurt himself, not the kids. Um, but, uh, yeah, so they obviously stated that there was a male that had deceased first. Right. So, you know, if he's dead, Reagan and Grant are dead. And then it took them a while, obviously, because it messed up all those men to have in a small town like that. And I know this happens all the time in different countries, maybe in downtown Dallas. I don't know. But in a small town, like, those kind of things don't happen. You don't hear of stuff, such things. And, uh, I mean... I, well, and it's hard to endure from anyone. Just I know, and I don't mean it like I'm just putting that in a in a, in a box, like the small... Like, it's just... These first but, responders, they go no, through No, they're volunteer so firemen. Much. Oh, gosh. Yeah, volunteer firemen. Even... And so all the small towns around, Hal, oh, Van Alstine, Gunner, they're coming from all over. Gunner... Fire chief. I mean, I'm still close to a couple of the firemen, and they go out to the cemetery, and they put a necklace. They put their patches every year, um, and it's, yeah, it's uh, it's a it's an honor. Um, but it, yeah, they. I will say, for what they had to endure and what they had to see, um, I mean, God bless them. Like I'm, I'm, I don't know. Because I know how hard it is for me, and I don't know, but like all of them, most of them are dads, or right. maybe not. I don't know. They're they're human. Yeah. Okay. And so when they came out and told my dad that they had gone, um, dad obviously he said he um, was leaning on a truck, and he said, "I just wanted to go through the pavement and never come up," and he was like crying and saying, God, why? Like, you told me, da-da-da. And then he said he heard, like, God say, they were with someone else. They were with me. So to me, they were snatched from that house. Their spirit was gone, and they didn't feel or see or know anything that happened to them. Because I will say that it took me a while to understand this, but the way my kids were laying in that bathroom were exactly how they slept in their beds. There was no trauma like the way that the There's firemen no had to fear. describe it. Yeah, there was like David, it was a double homicide suicide. David killed himself. Like he had the blood coming out of it because he suffocated to death. Okay. My kids 
did not. There was no blood. Now, were there burns? Yes, but I'm telling you, that was their shell that was burnt. Their spirit was gone. I, I, I don't think that they, I want to believe that they didn't know. Because the firemen said if they would have known, there would have been, the scene would have looked totally different. And the, the, there would have been, I mean, because I could see the soot. And I could see, like, when I went, and I wasn't supposed to go to the crime, I'm, like, once it snapped and clicked, I mean, I was in that house, and I wasn't supposed to be. Um, I put on a mask, and I went through, and they had a sheet on the floor. And I'll, I'm very inquisitive, and I want to know details, and I will not stop until I get answers. I pulled that sheet back, and it was the outline perfectly of Reagan, Grant, you can't see his because he was in a ball, in a fetal position, hold it sitting on Grant's dog, mm. uh, Nash, and then Reagan's dog was left by the toilet all by herself, which was a little dachshund. Nash was a big um, a rescue dog, and I, yeah, the, he was a coward. He did, like, you know, if you've seen the movie Backdraft, he left, there was a window, and that's another thing. My daughter being a gymnast and, like, my nickname is Spider Monkey, and like we're all over the place. Yeah. She would have gotten her brother and got out that window if they would have known. So I know that they weren't there because he was sleeping on his tummy, uh, relaxed. They're both in like uh, they're both barefoot um, with like pajamas on or whatever, and she's on her back with her. I mean, it's exactly just the the way they would sleep. Yeah. So they were like. So he obviously had drugged them, set everything The autopsy up. says that, it, that that they weren't drugged, that it was the carbon monoxide. Okay. Um, you know, but it's hard to, to fathom that. Okay. Um, but I think for me to, to survive and to keep going, and, and you know, and I've, like I said, I've done so much work around this, um, that... I have to know that they didn't know because of what I witnessed. I mean, me seeing the pictures and then seeing their, I mean, I've seen it all because I eventually uh, was mentally stable enough for them to release those to me, like 150 crime scene photos. And I got to see everything because I wanted to. I didn't want it to be kept from me um, because I wasn't able to go down to the corner. I didn't get to see them. Now, I've seen pictures, but I didn't get to, um, before they cut on my babies, I didn't get to kiss them and hold them, um, which made me really angry. At the time, I, I mean, it's just, it was such a whirlwind. Um, but, you know, the crime scene investigator, um, he and I, he was, obviously we became close and, and dear friends and he was the one down there. Um, but, you know, I, since this, I mean, there have been several people stepped down from their positions because of what they experienced. And, like, including, I mean, not that I'm telling any secrets here, but, I mean, my attorney. Public knowledge. Yeah. She, she stepped down from being a divorce attorney. And, I mean, I remember seeing these faces coming to the funeral and hugging me. And them apologizing, but I'm like, it's not your fault. Well, and how were they supposed to I don't to know. know. They're not. Like, not it was never was their fault. How were, but well, I can't imagine being in their shoes to face me. You know what I mean? Right. And then, like, I, I don't know. And 
that's why I'm like, the PTSD um, comes a million, like for all of us. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, yes, I will say, especially the mothers that go through this, um, but the, it doesn't stop there. Yeah. Everyone was affected. Yeah. Um, friends, family. I mean, I, I heard later that like I had some family and I've had friends that had to go to therapy. Not because of what they saw, but what they knew, and then they didn't under like it messed them up. And I was I like, had, "Whoa!" I had a client in Chicago mm-hmm. who lost their son mm-hmm. in a restaurant mm-hmm. and choked on a hot dog, and it had, and it became just global, like everybody knew about it. Mm. And it and he was only two, three years old, oh. and it was just horrific. Uh-huh. Every damn day that I had to wake up to train the class that I taught him, the yeah. father in, I would have night, I could not sleep the night, and we're talking, we're talking two, three years. Wow. Two, three years, three times a week. Yeah. I would have just the worst thoughts, dreams, yeah. everything. And it wasn't, I didn't know, I didn't know the family then when that happened, but it was the fact that yeah. I was connected to connected. something that was so heartbreaking mm-hmm. to me, especially mm-hmm. when you have children yourself and you think about mm-hmm. the days in and days out or where they were going to be mm-hmm. or where they're go- where going to be. I mean, you told me before we started recording that Reagan was going to be a senior this year. Yes. And she like how much mm-hmm. just watching graduation pictures and photos and cakes and like all the things mm-hmm. and to think just not even having those things is just heartbreaking it is it is i um the milestones the triggers that come along um with uh you know because it shouldn't be this way and they should be here um i i, I wish i would have gone through a normal or you know cordial divorce um you know and if I could do it all over again I absolutely would if I had to live in hell with him to have them back and not be sitting with you or doing the great root movement or speaking or writing a book man screw all this yeah give me my kids back well and that physically this is this is the thing that just is so amazed the amazement from this experiment that Mm -hmm. is hard for me to even put into words is it's like you know, like my client that lost his son, him and his wife, they started a foundation to honor Ryan yeah. and they call it Ryan's Run. Aww. And so, and they donate back to yeah. kids that are less fortunate or can't afford certain things. Right. You are after the mission of creating enlightenment to, to these incidences, to people in their misery and giving them empowerment to survive and empowerment to find themselves again because after something like this, I mean, I'm not even going to go into the aftermath because I think that's another story for another day. Um, just because I know that you faced, you even mentioned that you had to have your 90 days of time and you, you went to a dark place as three years later. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. I like, and I don't even Mm-hmm. I'm going to let your book and your story shine that light yeah. more than having it be on today's story because right. I really want right. to focus on the fact that Reagan and Grant were such amazing light beings, light right. beings to this world. Mm-hmm. They had such magical glow mm-hmm. and the amount of the, of the love that you had for them gave you this ambition to really start, you know, the great root movement and start 
providing awareness and getting yourself back. And I just, I mean, the one thing I will say really fast is just, yeah, that we pretty much can, uh, put the pieces together that I spiraled into debilitating depression, um, and grief and yes, attempted suicide. That's where it got me, um, to, uh, therapy for mm -hmm. the 90 days and, um, and then coming back out into the, to the real wor real world after being in that bubble, um, of healing. Um, but that's, uh, you know, the, the journey to recovery and, and, and is found through for me was therapy, exercise, and just support groups. Like, once it happened. You so. know, I one of my favorite things that I read in the article mm -hmm. um, for Runner's World yeah. when you were highlighted in it mm -hmm. is the quote where you had said, moments when you're running, you stop, you put your hands to your knees, open your mouth, and let out sound-building release. Mm. And one of the reasons why I loved mm -hmm. seeing that in writing was because it was showing clearly the effects of sound energy healing and yeah. releasing. Yeah. And when I read that sentence, I almost felt like I was on the trails with you, yeah, hearing the blood curdling screech yeah. and the release of what was necessary to be done. Yeah. And, you know, it's all of mm -hmm. us have to find our way to get to our healing and yeah. get to the place where we need to be. Right. And sometimes we don't even see, we don't even see the path of what that I healing know. is creating. I know. Because here it's like, okay, woman's formed, on fire, healed, and breaking out of her shell. Oh, fuck yeah, I'm gonna change the world, bitch. <laughs> yeah. Like, where things are going down. Yeah. Like, and I just, and I love that you have that gumption, and um, you always are focusing on the hashtag love never ends. Yes. Um, and become, and really, um, you have this event coming up, which is the Love Never Ends Trail Run, which yes. is September 30th. September 30th. And mm -hmm. it's in McKinney, Texas. What can we do to help spread the word, get the message out there, and get people um, focused for the cause that you are creating and still yeah. developing? So first you could, I mean, I have two websites. I have thegreatrootmovement.com and I have thekarenasparks.com. Um and that leads you to links to the fundraising event. Um, and um, obviously, trail running and boxing have uh, like saved me through, or one of the tools that helped me get through. So I wanted to share. I want to share it with everyone. And to keep Reagan and Grant, like them both being runners themselves, um, their legacy alive. Um, and uh, so we raised money. Um, what I call it, the Rise Scholarship for bereaved mothers. Um, and in bereavement and domestic abuse um, to get the kind of help that I did because I know like um, uh, therapy is not cheap right. um, so I am raising money to give scholarships to help women to go to local therapy of their choice or I can help you because I have resources like I said um, and or to go where I went in Tennessee um, an amazing place uh, you can there's workshops um, for seven days or you can go to the residential if it's needed for traumatic events that happen to us. So that and the Reagan and Grant Small Endowed Memorial Scholarships I raised uh, with the um, Education Foundations of Van Alstine High School and Melissa High School um, for seniors, for uh, uh, 
going to college or whatever yeah, right, their endeavors right. are after high school. Very cool. Um, so this event, um, you can donate if you don't want to participate. Um, or you can't because you're in a different well, state or stuff. I have virtual options. Okay. So very that cool. is the best part of this, that if you cannot come to Irwin Park in McKinney, Texas on September 30th, um, there is a 5K, 15K, and a 30K. And I have virtual options in all those. Fantastic. And I don't need to see that you completed it. I don't, like, people do, but I do think it's fun to see pictures. Like, if you yeah. take a picture on your run or yeah. your watch on your or whatever. or whatever. Yeah, right. wherever you choose to do this. Um, and I can, I can put it on my social media. That's cool. But you don't have to prove to me. Because right. you sign up or you donate or whatever. What the but virtual runners, options. yeah, the virtual uh, runners um, will get a medal mailed to them. Um, I can, I, they just don't get a shirt. The the guys that go to uh, that run up uh, run uh, for the live uh, race it gets shirt and a medal. So um, so the virtual options is huge because I've had last year I had thirty three across the U S. and awesome. I mean I think well this I have a, a United Kingdom. Um, I don't know who else signed up that was out of the country. It was so okay. cool. But it's awesome. It is so hey, cool. Hey, that's how it starts spreading yeah. the love. It's like the collateral beauty and yeah. the domino effect of, yeah, the love never ends. So yeah. um, it that's is awesome. the biggest fundraiser, and I just need, um, like, sharing it on social media. Uh, Bring awareness yes. and attention. Share yes. the podcast. Start We're spreading the... Three weeks out? Yeah, yeah. like yeah. 25 days. Or I know. We're in countdown mode. It's ah. going to be incredible. Yeah, it is. And I have... 45 sponsors, if you're going to come, like, I have um, 45, like, paid and uh, valued sponsors, tons of giveaways for the raffle, and um, a food truck this year that I'm awesome. so blessed to have. So. so, it's awesome, and it's starting to kind of put all of its stuff together. Well, yes. thank you so much for joining us today on The Capital Life. Thank you talk about so much for having me. Yes. I appreciate the opportunity to keep spreading the love and to share Reagan and Grant with the world. And I love that you have the gumption to do it because mm. that is remarkable. I choose to get up and do it for them and myself. So, um, because I won't allow them to die a second death. I want their legacy to always be. And I just, my motto is we love, move, and rise together. And um, that's what they did for me. And that's what I want to do for them. And that's beautiful. Thank you. Thanks for joining me today on The Capital Life where we talk about all the things. Join me next next time on Saturday as we talk about the labor of love. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and follow us on YouTube and Facebook at Capital Health. That's K-A-P-I-T-O-L Health. Please share with your friends and family. The Capital Life is available on all podcasting platforms except Pandora. Our goal at The Capital Life is to provide a safe place to get information when it comes to your health and wellness, especially when dealing with all of life's phases. Remember to take care of yourself because you're somebody's everything.